everyone. This is John Montoya. And this is John Parings. We are Infinite Banking Authorized Practitioners and hosts of the fifth edition. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 57, using IBC to be tax efficient. And uh, if we take a look at our wealth over uh, the length of our lifetime, uh, one of the biggest destroyers of wealth is the lost opportunity cost over the course of our life that taxes has on us. It's massive. And so in this episode, we're going to discuss a few dimensions on how to be more efficient with your tax obligations when you've implemented the infinite banking concept. Uh, And in that, we're going to cover how to pay taxes more efficiently, how to reduce your taxes, and how to get more to use and enjoy while you're still alive because you've done those things. Awesome. Well, this will be a good episode because it's going to give you different ideas on how you can better manage your money. Because at the end of the day, you know, we we work hard to keep as much of our money as possible, but we're lacking in ideas on how we can keep most of what we earn. And, and, uh, you know, it's not what, uh, it's not what you earn, it's what you keep. And so the infinite banking strategy really does add a whole nother dimension that for the majority of Americans, they're really lacking because they follow the traditional or what I would say is the typical, uh, financial plan, which is outsourcing our capital to other sources and, and, you know, not really uh, following what uh, we're talking pre-show about, you know, the American spirit of, you know, paying as least, um, the least amount of taxes as possible. Well, here we have a strategy, infinite banking, that will allow you to do that so you can keep more of what you take home. So I'm excited to do this episode with you, John, and uh, let's, uh, let's get started. Yeah, likewise. And um, so it, let's talk about the first one, how to, how to pay taxes more efficiently. And so, um, there are ways you can use IBC as a place to store capital where you can kind of create sort of a virtual escrow fund. Right. And of course the insurance companies aren't going to do this for you. This is all, you know, personally calculated, you know, stuff for your, your finances, but you can kind of carve out some money for things like property tax or things like income tax, right? Um, In episode 55, we had an amazing episode with John's wife where, you know, we, this isn't really a tax necessarily, but healthcare costs, right? Um, All things that uh, leverage the value of our whole life insurance policy to minimize the lost opportunity cost on those expenses. And so if you think about like, paying your property tax or your income tax, once you pay those, it's gone forever, right? Now you have to save that money again and pay that money all over again. And, you know, if, uh, what if you could only, what if you only had to fund and save for those expenses one time, and then you could just recycle the use of that money over and over again to pay those things to uncle Sam, um, or your, you know, your state or local tax in the, in the case of your property taxes, you know, what if you only had to do that one time and then you had that fund that you could reuse over and over and over again? Yeah. You just, um, made me think of how so many, 
practitioners or anyone selling uh, life insurance, they they have run on this idea of, you know, how many cars can you finance in your lifetime and, and, you know, look at what uh, you can do if you finance your own cars through your policies. And it just made me think, well, that that's certainly one aspect where you could benefit from having an IBC policy to finance cars. Uh, but that, that's, that's something where, you know, it's not a given that you're going to finance all your cars through IBC. And, and for a lot of people, an automobile may be a luxury item. It's, it's not a, you know, a requirement by any means, but here we have, we're talking specifically about property taxes. If you own your home, there's no way of getting around it. You got to pay that every single year. Um, same with your income taxes. You, you go labor, uh, for your money, you're going to have to pay uncle Sam income taxes. So there's no getting around it. Uh, well, what's the best way to make sure that the money that you are earning gets additional value. Well, in prior episodes, we've talked about what I call the, the ninth wonder of the world, uninterrupted compounding interest. The problem with this idea of uninterrupted compounding interest is that where in the heck can you find a place where you can capitalize and keep that money growing for the rest of your life? Well, IBC is that financial unicorn. We know that we have to pay our property taxes. We know that we have to pay our income taxes. Well, where's the best place to capitalize? Well, we think it's a whole life policy structured so that we can turbocharge that cash value and then use it for opportunities like this where we, we know we have a tax bill coming. Well, we've capitalized. We have the ability to borrow against it, keep our money growing, compounding, even though we've paid our taxes, whether that's property taxes or income taxes, but we're still getting the benefit of the compounding effect on our money. And let's not also forget too, if you're a family person, you're also getting the additional benefit of the death benefit, that extra protection for your family that's just coming along for the ride. And then you add in all the extra benefits that you get um, with your policy, the disability waiver premium, uh, maybe there's a chronic illness rider. You're getting all this economic value just because you're saving for your property taxes or your income taxes through your policy. If you don't have an IBC policy, None of this is even possible. You're having to spend even more dollars to get these additional economic uh, benefits by splitting up your dollars and having to save more. This just automatically comes along for the ride. So setting up an IBC policy so that you have, you can use it as an escrow fund just makes your, your dollars, the money that you earn, go even further. And that's what we're talking about here in being more efficient uh, with your tax dollars. You're getting way more bang for your buck. Yeah, and you you mentioned um, you know the uninterrupted compounding, and um, if you ran a future value cal calculator on the uninterrupted compounding of the money that you give up when you pay taxes, it's insane how much money that would be. And, you know, so what we want to look at is how can we 
minimize those losses. And if you, you know, if you haven't read Becoming Your Own Banker, you need to read that ASAP if this is of interest to you. And he, in that book, he talks about, um, you know, he talks about flying an airplane and he talks about, you know, e- you're either flying into a headwind, like flying from New York to San Francisco, or you're flying with a tailwind at where you're flying from San Francisco to New York. You know, San Francisco to New York takes about an hour less time because you have that tailwind behind you pushing you along. And that's exactly what we're talking about with all of these, you know, recurring expenses through our life by strategically capitalizing first and then using the strategies and the, and the capabilities that a whole life insurance provides you, um, a whole life insurance policy provides you. Um, you can create that tailwind in your life. And so if you haven't done it yet, I, I actually model this out for you in a, a module in our online course, which you can get access to at the fifth edition.com. And it's called recurring expense funds. And so I model out how this could work with cars or taxes. And you can, you can see for yourself that if you isolate an, a single expense, it creates a massive improvement, um, and, and a significant tailwind, uh, in your financial life. If you, if you know how to plan for these things correctly. Yeah. And I think you said a key word there, planning. And, you know, if you're doing IBC, it affords you the ability to think in the future uh, and, and present yourself with these opportunities because you are planning. It's when you don't plan where, you know, you get stuck and you don't have uh, the additional benefits that we're talking about. You, you know, you're basically, um, you know, living for the most part every six months to a year at a time. And, you know, if you're doing that, this should be a wake up call that you got to get away from that. And IBC does allow you to better plan out how you're going to utilize your capital and for tax expenses for uh, what you're talking about there, John, with uh, setting up a reoccurring expense fund. Well, what other place are you going to find more bang for your buck than with an IBC policy? I, I honestly can't think of one. Um, but let, let's go even further than that. Let, let's talk about uh, creating 1099s or other business income um, with, with an IBC policy. Yeah. So, you know, there's the, you know, how can we create this tailwind by being more efficient in how we pay taxes that we owe? Um, how can we actually reduce the amount of taxes that we owe? Right. And, um, to John's point earlier, you know, where the, there's plenty of legal precedent that there's no obligation to pay more taxes than, than you owe. And, um, and, and so how do we reduce those? And if we, if we, if we believe in that and we have that spirit, how is our financial life set up to accomplish that? And W-2 employees, like regular employees who get W-2 income, they really have very few options um, to reduce the amount of taxes that they pay. Um, who The entities that do have a lot of options are businesses. And so how can we start creating um, and, per, and how can we create business income for ourselves so that it gives our total income picture, one, once you create business income, all of your income is now subject to, to um, the options that you have because you created that business income to reduce the amount of tax on your total income. Um, by creating, by having some income come in that's business income or um, 
uh, you know, through, and so this could be a business, it could be rental real estate. Um, it could be, you know, lending out there, like different types of lending, any of the income that comes in from that, it opens up your accountant, it gives them the option to start actually reducing taxes on your behalf, um, rather than, you know, only getting the, you know, standard deduction that you get or, or only being able to write off, um, you know, the interest payments on your mortgage or having to get married. That's the, you know, those are really the only options you have as a, as a W2 employee until you start getting some of that business income coming in. Yeah. The, the IRS tax code is basically set up to benefit people who are in that uh, business owner quadrant. If you read uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, you come to learn that you know the, the people who are W-2 are going to pay the most taxes. They, there's just not a whole lot you can do there. Well, with IBC, because you're capitalizing in the best place possible, you know, we call it a opportunity fund. And thinking about how I was able to go out on my own, um, thinking about, um, you know, Kelly's interview in episode 55 and, and what she mentioned about how she started her IBC policy as an escrow fund. Well, it later turned for her into an opportunity fund where she had the capital to start her own business. Exactly like what I was able to do uh, when I wanted to venture out on my own, I had the capital to do it. And not only did it free me from the W-2 world, but it also allows me to have greater flexibility and just, you know, how much I have to pay in taxes simply because as a business owner, there are so many more things that I can write off and having the, the flexibility because I have multiple IBC policies at this point, it's, 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 um, I'm challenged to put it into words, but um, until you capitalize and give yourself the, this opportunity to, you know, to be your own boss, uh, you're really going to be challenged to pay um, <laughs> the the what you feel is the proper amount in taxes. I mean, you really have no say if you are W two. So having an IBC policy that you know whether you set it up initially as an escrow account or later to be your opportunity fund it does allow you to essentially create a bridge where you can uh, create additional streams of income that aren't going to be taxed the same way as your W-2 wages. And I think that's huge. Yeah. And, and so I'll just uh, say what John just said again, but add a little more detail. So what he's talking about is, you know, <clears throat> when you, when you accumulate life insurance cash value, so you've now strategically capitalized, what are you going to buy with that capital? You know, we talked about paying taxes with it. What about buying other income generating assets? So like, you know, I think John Montoya, his wife, Kelly, myself, we all have stories about how we were able to use 
life insurance cash value to go out on our own and start our own businesses. You know, for John and myself, it's in this business, right? Um, but it doesn't even have to be that extreme. You could stay a W-2 employee. Like, you know, there are a lot of W-2 employees who are making a lot of money out there. They just unfortunately don't have much they can do in the, in the tax world. What if you had, what if you strategically capitalized a life insurance, a whole life insurance policy, and then you use that capital to go out and buy income generating assets that starts generating 1099 or K1 income, now all of a sudden your accountant can start itemizing deductions rather than just taking that standard deduction that you only have access to, you know, when you're a, when you're a W-2 employee. By the way, as an aside, you know, what's one of the most common objections to whole life insurance is that it has a horrible rate of return. It's a bad investment. Meanwhile, what's the rate of return on changing your entire economic future by lowering the amount of taxes that you have or even being able to change careers what's can you do a rate of return calculation on that and um so i i I think you know the this kind of vulgar idea of only looking at the rate of return of a life insurance policy is really missing the forest for the trees yeah absolutely and not only that but it also brings back the point that you know if you're capitalizing money for a uh return on it, meaning, you know, chasing rate of return, Mm -hmm. you're missing the whole idea of a whole life policy because it's not an investment. We we talk about this quite a bit. It's a contract and it's a savings vehicle. Um, when utilized properly, it gives you the ability to take advantage of opportunities that you would otherwise miss out on. So, uh, the idea of just simply setting up a whole life policy as an investment completely missing the bigger picture. Uh, but to, to bring us back to what we're talking about um, and what I think is really critical, we've talked about this before, is the business owner mindset. So yes. if you are W-2'd, okay, great. Um, but at the same time, you also still need to take responsibility for your money, take responsibility for your capital. And if you are basically, you know, the type of person who is a W-2 employee and all you're doing to quote unquote save is put money in your 401k, you do not have a business owner mindset. You have an employee mindset and you're going to be hoping and literally chained to your job uh, for the rest of your life. And you're going to only have really, uh, one source of income that you've created for yourself. And it's going to be a hundred percent taxable, um, with that traditional 401k. And you're going to be riding the, the markets up and down until you eventually retire. And then even furthermore, once you do retire, you're still riding that roller coaster for the rest of your life with no certainty, predictability, uh, any clarity on, you know, how much you're you're going to have and be able to live off once you do get to retirement and it all comes back to the fact that you never developed a business owner mindset and so having an ibc policy and hopefully multiple policies you're going to start to develop this business owner mindset muscle in your head because you're accumulating capital and you're hopefully going to get to this point where you're going to say, well, how can I be more efficient with this capital? What can I take advantage of in my life where I can, you know, get more bang for my buck, um, with this capital or 
allow it to be put to use so that we can create multiple streams of income, like what you're talking about with real estate, investing in other businesses. Uh, the, the wealthy people in this world, they don't have just one stream of income. They have multiple streams of income. Well, what allows you to do that? It's first and foremost, having access to capital. And then from there, multiplying your net worth through multiple streams of income and owning and controlling multiple assets. Well, that's what IBC is all about. Uh, so I thought for sure John Montoya was going to say this, but he didn't. So I'll say it. You should always be in two businesses, whatever mm. business you're in. <laughs> doesn't matter if it's W2, whatever it is, be in that business, no problem. But the other business you should be in is the business of banking. And that's what IBC is all about and allows you to do. So I, I, covered yeah, I was saving that for you. <laughs> okay. Well, the, so the final piece of our, of our talk today, uh, we're going to go into the retirement phase of our life and how, how, what we're talking about has an effect on that. Right. We've talked about retirement quite a bit, but let's talk, let's kind of run that through the, the tax filter a little. And we have, you know, Life insurance gives us a lot of options during the retirement phase that allow us to be tax efficient. And at the very worst, if we if we can't be tax efficient and actually save money on taxes, it allows us to replace the value of the taxes that we paid for the next generation. So let's just say that right off the top. Even if we can't do anything <laughs> with taxes, we can at least replace all the money that we paid in taxes and pass that along to the next generation through the tax-free death benefit. But let's talk a little bit about the cash value itself. The cash value itself is a source of tax-free income. So just at the very basic level, we can get tax-free income from a whole life insurance policy. And the use and combination of that with other assets allows us to get more use and enjoyment out of those other assets while we're still alive. And speaking of more use and enjoyment, we have this, um, having the permanent death benefit gives us the ability to use the permission slip concept. And what that means is by having, and I alluded to it a, a second ago, by having the, the value of that permanent death benefit be able to replace the value of other assets, it allows us to use and enjoy more of those assets while we're still alive. So here's a couple ways we could do it. One, we could actually offset taxes through the use of charitable donations. What if we had a, what if we had a property that we donated uh, to a charity? Um, by doing so, uh, we would eliminate the capital gains tax on that property, and we would also create a, an, a tax offset that could offset taxes in some other asset, like, for example, the 401k that John was just talking about. And by doing the donation, we could actually create an income stream by annuitizing the full value of that property rather than the only the uh, post-capital gains value. We could annuitize that full value and create a guaranteed income for the rest of our life. Reduce So we reduced the taxes, we created more guaranteed income, and we offset taxes in another asset. So that's just one idea um, that could be used by just having the presence of a permanent life insurance death benefit. That's just one strategy that could be taken advantage of to reduce taxes in retirement. Yeah, and the other one is really just being able to enjoy what you've saved during your lifetime for so many people that we talk to and 
what we see is that they, they've really set up their retirement so that they're, they're really only having to live off one primary asset. And typically that's their 401k or IRA. And they go into retirement having to live in what we call scarcity mode, which basically, if you can envision it, um, you know, imagine being stuck on a deserted island out in the Pacific and you've got this huge barrel of water and you can drink from it to sustain yourself. But because you have no idea how long you're going to be stuck on that deserted island, you have to take small sips. Well, what is your 401k or IRA going to be in retirement if that's all you have? Well, you're going to have to take sips from that 401k or IRA to make sure that you don't run out of money. And so you're constantly going to be living in this scarcity mode throughout retirement. You're not going to be able to enjoy it. And that that's even if you've done really well for yourself and you've saved maybe, and I say the word save, um, you, you've put the money in there and maybe it's grown to a couple million dollars, 3 million, 4 million, even 5 million. But what's happening you're worried about market corrections. You're worried about taking out too much too soon. And you're you're basically living in scarcity mode. And when you include an IBC whole life policy as a part of your plan, now you have a permission slip to spend down your other assets. And you can actually enjoy your retirement because you have a guaranteed contract an asset that is guaranteed by the insurance company to perform every single year for the rest of your life, you've got this one asset that allows you to basically spend down all your 401k, spend down your IRA, and you've got a guarantee that not only do you have a, an additional surplus fund, um, but you also have the death benefit to replace that 401k or IRA that maybe you also wanted to, you know, potentially leave to your beneficiaries, to your kids, maybe. Well, you, you just created the perfect permission slip to actually enjoy your retirement because you have an IBC whole life policy and hopefully multiple policies at that point. Yeah. And, you know, you could think of it this way. Um, you know, if you own a farm and this gets into the idea of like estate taxes, um, not all of us are going to be at that level where we'll owe estate taxes, but even if we don't owe estate taxes um, and we can replace the value of any kind of tax or lost or lost asset that has to be paid, do you want to, if, you, if you're a farm owner, do you want to have to give up all your cows to the IRS to pay the tax or would you rather just give up a little bit of the milk, right? Um, or if you're more of an you know, bird type of person. Here's another analogy for you. If you have a goose that lays golden eggs, mm -hmm. do you want to, you know, give away that goose that's laying those golden eggs or you just want to hand over a few eggs? And so, you know, both of those analogies are, um, you know, the, the milk or the eggs is that's policy premiums. You can either pay a little bit in premium to cover the full amount, or you just have to give up and pay that full amount. Right. And so those are, that's what we're talking about when it comes to this permission slip concept where we're we're funding the replacement of assets so that we don't have to forego the use of those for future generations and for yourself while you're still alive. Awesome. Well, I think that might do it. Uh, any other thoughts you might want to share, John? No, I think that's it. And, um, 
you know, if, uh, as we say at the end, always, you know, head over to the fifth edition.com and you can get, um, access to our online course where we go through that recurring expense fund model. And, and you can also book an appointment with us right there on the website for 30 minutes, no cost to you. And you can find out how this could apply in your situation specifically. Awesome. Well, John, thanks again. And for everyone listening out there, uh, if you haven't already, we definitely would appreciate you leaving us uh, a review or uh, giving us five stars because that does help us to promote the show and get it out to a wider audience. And if, uh, if you benefit from listening to uh, what we have to share about IBC, make sure you, sh- you pass it on, pay it forward. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, everyone.